Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. I'm coming in. Hey, this is Kevin Gray of Clutch Talk Sports Radio, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. And now, the Time Fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. According to Scott Coker, Bellator just signed Chris Cyborg to the most lucrative deal for a woman in MMA history. Why would he say something like that? Well, it looks good when he's negotiating with other fighters, showing that he's given more money than anyone else does. How can he make this claim, though? In an interview with Ariel Helwani, he said that this claim was based on information made available in documents that were a part of the UFC's antitrust lawsuit. Speaking of that suit, it was revealed that Though the overall pay has increased for fighters, the percentage of the split has declined. I want to salute Jason Cruz and the Show Money crew at Bloody Elbow for keeping us in the loop regarding the most recent trial in the antitrust lawsuit. And these gentlemen have much, much knowledge about economics and law. I mean, way above my head. It was very, very insightful. And I encourage you to go check that out if you want to nerd out about numbers and law. So the model that's being used in the proposed settlement is $894 million. However, once damages are awarded, it could be up to $1.6 billion. And then that even can be tripled if the suit goes for the plaintiffs. Wages have been dropping for about a decade, from about 26% in 2007 to between 18 and 19% for 2018 and 19. Now, it was projected that the wages for the UFC would be $196 million. But that was from the $980 million that they thought they would make in 2019. That was forecasted three years ago in 2016. We know about the $300 million a year bump that they got from ESPN. And then we also know that they got more than that when ESPN picked up the domestic pay-per-view from them. That deal was so sweet, they didn't even say how much it was. So, could it be $500 million? Could it be $600 million a year? We don't know. That does not include the international broadcast rights that the UFC gets, closed circuit, which they still get the money from. So, if you go to your local sports bar to watch the fight, that's how it's being shown, and they're generating revenue from that. Doesn't include fight pass doesn't include sponsorships nor does it include the gate i mean 
they could be making over a billion dollars with the way that things are set up right now. And that's every year. Which makes a lot of sense as to why the company was sold for over $4 billion just a year or so ago. Now, things were really good for the fighters during the Strike Force days. Not only did they have the freedom to get sponsorships, which a number of people, you know, even people who were just on the come up, like Al Jermaine Sterling at that time before the UFC cut the ability to pull in banners and add sponsors to your shorts. He was making 20000 a fight. There were a number of fighters during those strike force days that were getting six figures of fight in sponsorship money alone, not counting the money that they made for the fight. And oh yeah, they were getting 63% of the revenue during those last couple years of strike force was around. Makes sense as to why the UFC bought them out and changed things uh, so that they could level things out as far as how much money was going out. Now, Bellator paid about 44.7% of their revenues during the same time frame as far as the research is concerned. And just a reminder, the UFC is around 18 to 19%. So I believe Scott, when he said that this is the best deal uh, with the curtain being pulled back on some of the financials, it's no question as to why you are hard-pressed to find former UFC fighters looking to go back to the UFC after being with Bellator because they're getting paid. And this is another reason why they've been able to hold on a homegrown talent like Patricio Pitbull and Michael Chandler. All right, on our prayer list this week, actually doubling back and we've been praying for some people uh, who've been on the list recently and just provide some updates first one being on mayhem miller he posted on facebook recently and said i wasn't in the right state of mind for a very long time and currently he's confident in his sanity and sobriety that is so so very encouraging because we've known since his interview with Ariel Helwani back when he was with uh, MMA fighting some years ago that something was wrong with man so so glad that he is on the right path now and praying that the recent developments for BJ Penn will help to put him on the right path uh, Dana said in an interview with Fred Akamoto of ESPN that he is no longer fighting for the UFC, he being BJP. Uh, that information was shared with BJ and his team by the brass at the UFC, not by Dana directly. But Dana said, look, he needs to get his personal life in order before he thinks about fighting now. I think Dana, just being a soft-hearted person that he is, giving BJ fights when he really didn't need to be fighting was being a bit more generous than the stance that the UFC is taking. I don't think BJ is going to fight in the UFC ever again. Um, BJ had a chance to tell his side of the story and said that in this latest street fight that he was involved in, that was recorded, 
we don't know what else has happened that hasn't been recorded. We just know the ones that have been recorded. But anyway, he said that he was just trying to calm his friend down. That his friend was a bit too inebriated and he was trying to calm him down because he started swinging on him. He was defending himself. Well, BJ will have more time to calm down and get his personal life together as fighting professionally doesn't look to be in his near future. Birthdays for this week. Want to salute Tim Kennedy, Nick Cantone, UFC main card fighter Shamil Abdulrahimov, former PFL light heavyweight champ and current play-by-play commentator for that organization. The real OC, Sean O'Connell, former Bellator welterweight title challenger Lorenz the Monsoon Larkin, the Motown phenom Kevin Lee, Raquel Rocky Pennington, Francis the Predator Nganu, former Strike Force welterweight champion Tarek Sponge Safadine, Jared Flash Gordon, Yancey the Kid Maderos, and Pedro the Young Punisher Munoz. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one too. Are you a believer who enjoys Marvel or DC Comics? Do you just love a good superhero story? You do? Awesome. Then check out Waywater Entertainment's new digital comic, Legacy AD, now available on Amazon.com and the Amazon Kindle app. Get ready for a new superhero who loves and serves Jesus Christ. For more information, check out LegacyADCartoon.squarespace.com. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one-two. And in boxing news this week, the press tour for Ruiz Joshua 2 started Wednesday in Saudi Arabia. One of the Saudi princes accompanied them to New York on Thursday. And Friday, they will conclude the tour in London. Ruiz admittedly has been eating comfortably, but he said he's been training. He said that there's in shape and there's fight shape, and they're two different things. Ruiz also said that people have been doubting him, and that has fueled his fire, and he looks to shock the world again by defending his titles. His father said that At age six, when Andy Sr. started training Andy Jr., Sr. wanted him to be a Mexican Rocky, and now he has it. With the home, the jewelry, and the Rolls Royce that he just purchased, Andy needs to be hungry, or he'll only have the 15 minutes of fame that he mentioned at the Saudi press conference. If he wants this to be a generation-changing championship, he's got to defend it. AJ also seemed confident. He mentioned that he needed to get some things in his life in order, his personal life, that is, so that he can perform at his best. And it's doing that so that he won't have the kind of distractions that he did in June. This helps to explain the deer in headlights look that he had in the ring during the pre-fight announcements. Joshua 
says that he wants to implement the game plan that caused him to be undefeated leading up to the first matchup with Ruiz. AJ did his best Andre Ward impersonation, stating that had he stopped when he lost his third amateur fight, or when he lost in the quarterfinals of the European Championship, or in the finals of the World Championships, there would be no now. He also feels that to lose something means you never get it back, and he's looking to get those belts back on December 7th. It's Ruiz's job to stop him, and Ruiz wants to be an inspiration for those who judge people based on appearances. These two men are talking the talk. At year's end, we'll see who walks the walk in what Eddie Hearn is promoting as this generation's thrill in Manila or rumble in the jungle. Now, before the Loma Campbell fight last week, Tim Bradley and Andre Ward held court and shared some foundational principles for being successful in boxing. There's a storm said you have to work hard, learn your craft, learn all aspects of the game, how to bang and also how to box, how to fight at distance or on the inside. And he says you have to take it seriously. You can't have one foot in and one foot out the game. You must dedicate yourself to boxing. Now, it's not a surprise that Ward, whose nickname is Son of God, would lead off with God as being important in his success as a fighter. Andre said that he knows he wasn't strong enough to box without God. Like his broadcast partner, Bradley, Ward also mentioned a fighter's work ethic. He dropped a gem of a quote when he said, you can't be lazy and be great. Dre also said, if you beat me, it's because you're better than me. It's not going to be because you outworked me or because I got tired. He encouraged young fighters to work until they make you stop for fear of overtraining. The mental game was the third principle he shared. Ward's father and godfather had him sparring pros at the age of 10. His team would say to him, Look, he's not better than you. He's a pro. Or he's 28, but he's not better than you. This helped Ward face his fears and perform throughout the amateurs as well as the pros. It's the mental toughness that separates you from the rest. Another Jimmy dropped was that every lion's, or I should say everyone's a lion until they face another lion. That's why... The principles these champions shared are so vital and can be applied not just in boxing, but in life. There's one televised fight card this weekend for boxing, and it takes place on Friday, September 6th from Mexico on Fox Sports 1. You got Brian Nino Favela versus Jose Luis Cacharro. Marcano in a 10 round 12 or should say junior welterweight bout with the vacant WBC Latino belt on the line after this break fight fans will dive into Bellator 226 
What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Conrad Hilton, a.k.a. Mr. Connie Westside. Hey, man, thank you for checking out my Team My Voice podcast network. Dude, hey, if you're looking for exciting football this season, look no further in Season 2 with the Baby Rattlers. Also, Season 1 is available on the YouTube channel right now. Guys, go check out the YouTube channel because we're taking on some top talent. We're taking on Florida State University High School featuring four-star talent on their team. Dude, it's about to go down. Yeet! Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. Bellator 226 features a six-fight main card at the SAP Center in San Jose, California, the de facto home for Bellator. All but the main event on this card are featherweight fights, and four of those kick off the first half of the featherweight Grand Prix. So many exciting matchups and so many wild cards are involved in this tournament. The winner of it will not only be the champion, but also a million dollars richer. In the curtain jerker, you have 5-1 Gaston, the dream killer Bolanos, who takes on 6-3 Daniel Scary Carey. Ever since his fourth professional fight, Bolanos has been on the main card, and all of his fights have been in Bellator. Saturday, he makes his seventh trip to the cage versus Carey. And Scary is no stranger to Bellator either, as he makes his fourth appearance in the organization, going 2-1 and one during this time frame. It's the highest profile fight in Daniel's career. His last bout was on the post limbs. This time, he's opening the main card. In his short career, he's even in his approach, with two wins by each method. Gaston, on the other hand, has knocked out everyone that he's defeated. Kicking off the featherweight Grand Prix, you have 16 and 9 Sam Cecilia and 10 and 3 Pedro Carvalho. Sam is very motivated and believes he can win it all. He's 2 and 3 in his last 5, but he's 2 and 1 in Bellator, losing to fellow Grand Prix competitor and the most recent title challenger, Emmanuel Sanchez. The Sikh Jitsu representative dreams of setting his family up for life with a pot of gold at the end of the tournament. He'll face one of the few MMA fighters who speaks Portuguese but is not from Brazil. Pedro Carvalho is from Portugal and he fights out of SBG Ireland. He got into the tournament with a bit of help from his brash teammate James Gallagher. The Strabanimal was rumored to participate in the tournament, but said he would give up his spot for Pedro. Unbeaten since 2015, Pedro means the rock, and he likes to roll, picking up the majority of his wins via submission. Sam has a ground game, but he knocks most of his opponents out. This is the perfect kind of matchup to kick off the Grand Prix. And the next tournament bout is between 18-4 and Emmanuel El Matador Sanchez, who faces undefeated 5-0 Taiwan Air Claxton. Claxton's entire professional career has been in Bellator. He switched his nickname 
from Speedy to air after winning his first fight with a flying knee. That wouldn't be the last time that he knocked someone out though, as 80% of his victories have come via this method. This is a huge step up in the level of competition, but Taiwan feels that he's well prepared. He spent years training with the Black Zillions versus the killers that called that camp home, going against former Bellator lightweight champion Michael Chandler, Tough 12 runner-up, and the last man to beat the UFC's interim champ, St. Louis's own Michael Johnson, Gilbert Burns, Herbert Burns, I mean the list goes on. Air also trains with UFC heavyweight champion Sibe Miocic's striking coach and he feels well equipped to take on El Matador. Since making his Bellator debut in 2014, Sanchez has only lost to champions or title challengers. He's never been stopped and wins most of his fights by decision. He stated that he's looking forward to the following stage of the Grand Prix where the fights will be five rounds because he likes to push the pace and Claxton is well aware of it. This has helped Sanchez earn seven submission victories as well. The Voices Marquee matchup pits 28 and 3. Pat, Patty Mike Curran versus undefeated 13 and 0 Adam the Kid Boris. Every fight in the Grand Prix has title implications, but none is a greater litmus test than this fight. Curran is a two-time Bellator featherweight champion. He's no stranger to tournaments either, becoming the first fighter to win Bellator tournaments in multiple weight classes. He's 3-2 over his last five, and like Sanchez, he's only lost to champions or to title challengers since he joined Bellator nine years ago. In his last outing, he put AJ McKee over in a unanimous decision loss. That moved the mercenary, who's the third undefeated fighter in the Grand Prix, to 14-0. If the kid can pull off a win, he'll move to the exact same record. Adam has stopped his last five opponents, four of those being in Bellator. This streak includes two flying knees and three chokes. Training out of Hard Knocks 365, he'll have Henry hoofed in his corner, but will that be enough to stay undefeated? At the time of recording, the odds makers have this as the most evenly matched fight on the card. Yet another reason why it's the voices marquee matchup. The co-main event sees former two-time featherweight champion 26 and 8, Daniel Strauss and 19 and 9, Derek the Stallion, Campos face off. Strauss has one of the most inspirational victories that a man can have in his last bout. Before he made it to the cage, he had to fight for his life after being involved in a motorcycle accident. Being told he may never walk again, much less fight, Daniel was determined to prove the medical experts wrong. His rear naked choke of Shane Crutchin not only gave him a win, but it snapped a two-fight losing streak. Campos is currently on a three-fight skid himself, which started with a loss to Patricky Pitbull at lightweight 
He then dropped to featherweight, losing the next two to the Grand Prix openers, Sam Cecilia and Pedro Carvalho. He desperately needs a win, and like the rest of the field, is using the million-dollar purse as motivation. The main event for Bellator 226 is a heavyweight title fight as the champion Ryan Darth Bader brings his 27-5 record to the cage to tangle with the 30-10-2 Check the Darkness Congo. In an interview on Media Day with MMA Junkie, Congo showed that he is in his dark place, saying, I need to hurt him. Not mentally, but physically. Not knock him out, but hurt him. Whew. Check feels that he's most effective when he has this mentality. It served him well as he's on an eight-fight win streak in Bellator. Many, including myself, thought that he would be a part of the heavyweight Grand Prix. Instead, he fought on two of those cards. And in his last bout, he welcomed former Bellator heavyweight champion Vitaly Minikov back to the organization and gave Minikov his first professional loss. This was redemption for Congo, as five years prior, Minikov defeated him in his last fight in Bellator. The double champ Ryan Bader has been on a tear as well, winning his last seven dating back to 2016. In his first Bellator bout, he captured the light heavyweight goal, defeating Phil Davis. After that, he defended that title against Linton Vassal. After doing that, he joined the heavyweight Grand Prix and became champion by knocking out Fedor. Ryan's goal is to defend the heavyweight title just as he defended the light heavyweight title. Bader should be faster and he's confident facing the big man as he's fought and faced legitimate heavyweights in the Grand Prix. Darth Bader had no problems at all keeping Matt Mitrion down, but wrestling is one of the areas that Congo said that he's improved in most. Will it be enough of an improvement to stop the Arizona State standout? We'll find out when the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock. Let's take a pause for the cause, and when I come back, I'll preview UFC 242. Yeah, yeah! RAERadio.com brings you the block every day from 8 to midnight Central Time. We got the best in urban inspirational music. So every night, go on swing through the block on RAERadio.com. What's up? It's Ayo Kia, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. The Octagon resides in Du Arena in Abu Dhabi for UFC 242. Like Bellator 226, all but one of the fights on the main card are contested in the same weight class. Instead of featherweights, 
the UFC is featuring lightweights. The card also features fighters with ties to Islam. All of the main card fighters with this association are from Eastern Europe, starting with 27-5 Mirabek Bekintaizamov versus 15-2 Diego Ferreira. Both fighters are on a tear over the last five fights, going a combined 9-1. For Beckin, it's the first time that he's fought in 2019. Of his 27 wins, only two of them have been by decision, including his last fight, a victory over Desmond Green in September of last year. Since losing to the interim champ and headliner, Dustin Poirier, Diego has run off four straight with two stoppages by strikes and two decisions. Most of Diego's finishes are by submission, but Beckin has nine submissions himself. The longer the fight goes on, though, the better things look for the Brazilian. In the only non-lightweight fight on the main card, 11-2 Curtis Razor Blades faces 20-4 Shamil Abrek Abdurahimov. This is a heavyweight bout, and it's the voices marquee matchup. If Blades isn't knocking you out, he's taking you to a decision. He's only lost twice in his career, both times to the same man, birthday boy Francis Ngannou. The wrestling standout from Harper College lives in the shy and trains with Elevation Fight Team in Denver. He's looking to pick up win number 12 versus Iberic. The big man from Dagestan is 4-1 over his last five fights, stopping two by strikes and the other two wins were by decision. His last loss was in a headlining bout with Derek Lewis in Albany, New York nearly three years ago. Combined, they knock out approximately 60% of their foes. So look for this to be a short night in the second fight. Up next, you have 17-1 Islam Makashev versus 10-2 Davi the Tasmanian Devil Hamosh. Only tasting defeat once in his MMA career, which was a knockout loss to Adriano Martins on the DC Gustafson card. Five, four years ago Islam is back in the driver's seat winning his last five fights if he doesn't go to a decision he generally submits his opponents Hamosh is 4-1 over his last five after losing his UFC debut in the only welterweight fight that I can find on his record Davi returned to his natural weight class which is lightweight he ran off three straight submissions and won a decision in his last bout. Both of these are excellent ground fighters. So if it hits the mat, expect scrambles and slick submission attempts. In the co-main event, 16-4 Paul the Irish Dragon Felder takes on 20-7 Edson Jr. Barbosa. This is a rematch of a fight they had four years ago. Felder came into that matchup as a slight underdog and left with his first professional loss. Since then, they've moved around a bit, and these two fighters even trained together at one point. A lot has changed in four years. 
Felder now trains out of Rufusport, and Edson will enter the cage for the third time under the tutelage of the coaching staff at ATT. Though he's generally an action-packed fighter, Barbosa has only won two times in his last five fights. Granted, he lost to the current champion, Habib Nurmagomedov, standouts Kevin Lee and Justin Gagey. A loss is a loss is a loss. The Irish Dragon, on the other hand, has won the majority of his fights, and his most recent loss was when he stepped up in weight to face Platinum Mike Perry after Ally Quinta canceled his fight with uh, the Irish Dragon two times. Lightweight is so stacked, though, that the fighter with the longest win streak still hasn't had a chance to fight for the undisputed title. Junior should have a level of confidence entering the bout because he bested Felder in their first meeting. And just like the first time, he's a slight favorite entering this matchup. Felder is the one that's on the roll, though, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. It should be primarily contested on the feet, which is another reason why I got prime placement. The main event pits 27-0 Habib, the Eagle Nurmagomedov, versus 25-5 Dustin, the Diamond Poirier, for the undisputed UFC lightweight championship. There is so much pressure on Khabib in this fight. He's undefeated. The last time he was in the octagon, he took flight after the bout, going after Connor's team and instigating a brawl that put a stain on what should have been the crowning achievement of his career. Now he fights in the closest thing to a home bout in front of his Muslim brothers. Not only that, but he fights for the first time in the UFC with his father in his corner. Coach Javier Mendez remarked that the elder Nurmagomedov was stricter than he was, and he even put the AKA chief in check. How will the champ respond when the man who famously made him wrestle a bear in his youth is giving orders on fight night? He stated in an interview with Brett Akamoto that the life of a champion is harder than when he didn't hold the title due to the commitments pulling him away from training. He also said that it's not easy to stay motivated due to the success he's had. Poirier has the best of training at ATT. And though he's the interim champ, the demands are not as great on him as they are on the full champion. Habib has made it obvious that he wants to get this fight to the ground. Dustin has a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, but he really hasn't had to use that much. His last submission win was via a darts choke over Jonathan Brookins nearly seven years ago. Since then, it's been knockouts or decisions in victory as well as in defeat. Poirier trains with decorated wrestlers, but it's nothing like what Habib has to offer. Nurmagomedov told MMA Junkie, my plan is to make him tired, make him tap. Pressure produces diamonds, though. 
And the Eagle will look to refine Poirier in this fight by putting pressure on him. Will it make Dustin crumble? Or will he rise and shine as the undisputed champion? Up next, the official results. Aaron Simpkins here, the host of the True Strength Life podcast and owner of True Strength Apparel. Check out truestrengthapparel.com where we have tank tops to flip-flops and anything in between, all based on a message of the truth of Jesus Christ. Keep it locked right here with my family from the My Team, My Voice Sports Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out truestrengthapparel.com. I'm coming in. Hello, everyone. This is Anthony Cordova from The Exiles, and you're listening to MTNV Sports. Keep it locked. This has been episode 107 of the MTMV main card. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. There is so much regional action this weekend. LFA is in Utah this Friday, and there are two one-night tournaments as well, with Cage Warriors Unplugged 2 in Stratford during the afternoon stateside, and then Invicta Phoenix Rising 2 from Kansas City on Friday evening. Make sure that you're subscribing to MTMV Sports on your favorite podcast platforms so you get the new episodes as soon as they're available. And if you're loving what we do, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a five-star review. Are you one of the 10 million Dash Radio listeners? If so, great. We're on that platform every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern, 9 Central, with the MTMV Sports and Music Show on GH3 Radio. If you're not one of the 10 million, don't worry. You can be a part of the club, too. Download the app, free of charge, and check it out. Hit us up on the socials. MTMV Sports is our handle on all channels. And we recently launched a Facebook group to interact directly with our listening audience. So I encourage you to join it so that you can give us some input on the shows and chop it up with us as far as sports is concerned because we really want to hear what you have to say. Who knows? You may even be featured on one of our podcasts. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. Until next time, it's your man, the voice. Fights correspondent for MTNV Sports host of the MTMV main card and I'm sounding off.